Hey, Martyr. Oh my God, hi. Listeners want to know, what's going on with your love life? Oh my God, don't get me started. These apps have me going crazy. I'm on there for hours, but I can't seem to find a date. Have you heard of Motto? Motto is the new no-nonsense hookup app for gay and queer people. Hookup apps have become a staple in queer culture, but they also come with the bullshit. Headless torsos, blank profiles, catfish after catfish, and I feel like I'm always scrolling the grid. Well, on Motto, every profile is verified by a real human, and every photo has a face. Motto sends you daily matches of people who match your interests and kinks. There are no fees, no ads, and no nonsense. I love that. Sounds like my kind of app. Get Motto today by going to the link in this episode's description or use invite code ZVOGS when signing up. That's ZVOGS when signing up. Ooh, I think I will. Motto, gay and queer hookups without the nonsense. Wig, did you just say wig? Wig, okay. Oh, hi, kids. Hi. Hey. <laughs> um, so ha- happy, happy June, kids. Um, it's been happy a- pride. Happy pride. Um, we're in it. <laughs> we're in it to win it. Um, I'm Martyr. I'm C. Tepper. And this is myself. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> You're next. Oh, You're okay, next. Okay. We're next. We'll get to you. <laughs> we're keeping is- that one in. Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna. Uh, we're gonna- <laughs> Um, uh, hi, <laughs> um, how was your, how was your, um, I knew mean, we were just starting June. So how's your summer been or spring, I guess. How's my spring? Yeah, I guess it's like end of and spring. Just, yeah, but we're getting there. It's been shit. I'm over it. <laughs> um, I'm on my third sinus infection. So loving it. <laughs> Ever uh, since I got married, everything has gone downhill. So. Oh God. <laughs> I'm not keeping on it. <laughs> um well um glad to hear or uh, not glad to hear but um i hope everything gets better but um love you dearly it gets better it is pride month so maybe it will oh yeah obviously (laughs) oh okay (laughs) moving on let's let's drink a bud light to that (laughs) oh yeah um absolutely um even though i'm in my sober phase um as usual but i barely drink i barely yeah i've been Uh, I've been loving that journey on TikTok, actually. Oh, I'm my, living for it. My sober journey. Sorry to chime in. Uh, yeah. yeah, sorry to chime in. I'll you watch? Cut it out. Cut Mark it out. Pierce TikTok. Yes. <laughs> I just. Yes. Bitch I on always TikTok. scroll. I just scroll. I'm like, I can't. Um, <laughs> I, I I see too much of you. <laughs> I know. Um, no, I like. I got rid of my. Um, I might keep this one. Um, I got rid of my close <laughs> friends on my um Twitter. Oh, did and, you? And Instagram, yeah, because I was like, I'm. Oh wow. I'm telling y'all, y'all don't need all, all this. Um, we know too much about yeah, you. Yeah. Um. So, but now my release, my d- daily diary is like getting out of drag. I'm like, what thoughts do I have? <laughs> I live. I didn't realize live. that. Um, so they're, they're just sort of diary entries and, um, <laughs> I don't really care. Like it's t- TikTok's, uh, TikTok's not serious to me. So I'm just like, nah, whatever. It's- After going viral for like a, a clip of a friend, um, at Disney world, like I don't, I don't care. <laughs> um, 
Oh God, did you freeze? No, okay, good. Um, no, we're just yeah. like <laughs> we're like okay. I I just don't care about TikTok. Um, it it's not my medium, and that's okay. So, uh, I, I kind of feel it though. I'm not really crazy about it either. I mean, I love girls, watching TikTok. I would never oh, put anything on TikTok. I'm obsessed, honestly. Oh, yeah. like, every night, three hours just scrolling. But to actually participate in it, I just don't get it. It just you it know? feels so artificial to me to do like TikTok trends and like transit like those weird transitions. Like I love that the kids are doing being creative about it, but I'm like, I this is this is not for me. But and that's okay. <laughs> Yeah, too it's, old. It's, yeah, it's too much of a production. I'm like, that's why like Instagram is easy. You post what you want to post. That's yeah, it, you know. I mean, it's dying, but it's all we got. Yeah, right Hello. now. Um, yeah. I'm not. I'm not trying to be popular in TikTok. I'm trying to. I don't know. Exist in the world on TikTok. Um. Anyways, enough about that. Enough about <laughs> you. This is not our cheer cast. <laughs> um, it's only one half, of, and that's only one half of the story. Uh, <laughs> oh, anyways, um, Caitlin, we didn't even introduce our. Guests. I know we're getting there. I'm doing it. Right you, now. you, you should do it because okay. you work with. Them. I have, um, our lovely guest for this first month of Pride is Miss Lady Rodriguez. Woo woo! Oh, hey. <laughs> hi, hi, my love. How are you? How you doing? I'm kicking it, chilling, happy to be here. You know? um, Yay. Love to hear. Um, I'm actually like obsessed with your um, background right now because um, your full stack of wigs is right behind you. And I'm like, oh, there's oh, some gorgeous that's a sculpture real drag pieces. Room. Yeah, that, that's a drag room. Get into it. I mean, literally. And then there's more over here. Oh, so. my God. Like, <laughs> um, yeah. Listeners, uh, there's maybe um, 10, 15 wigs that we just saw it's giving uh, headwig in the angry inch yes um very the new broadway version very mm. backstage at a club but like a very nice dressing room so i love <laughs> it's much Thanks nicer so. than any new yes dressing yeah room. absolutely <laughs> um well considering they're like 150 square feet maybe uh <laughs> literally any, yeah um i love you metro anyway <laughs> i Sure. Uh, that was, that yeah. was a little. That was a little tight. A little tight. <laughs> and we, we still managed. <laughs> we to got get, loosen her up. Yeah, we still get you know twenty people in there, so it's fine. Oh, no, fine. it never, it never isn't full. Of uh, I mean, I mean, it's better than the one at Rosemont. Uh, there's one at Rosemont. This Rosemont has it. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's the, it's the one bathroom that locks. I've been up. Uh, I've been upstairs. <laughs> oh God. Okay. <laughs> Let's Enough about in- that. Yeah, let's get into it. Let's get into our lovely guests. <laughs> we have a lot to talk about today. We do. I think we're just in a okay. uh, chatty mood today. We're, which is we're in a loopy. Yeah. Which I'm is high, fine. I'm a high up day quill. Caitlin's high up life. Miss Lady, what are you high yeah. <laughs> Rat poisoning. Let's get that. Oh. You know. Love to hear it's it. the, new trend, the new trend. The new trend. It's a new trend. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That's a big solo cup. I know. Right? <laughs> it's my. It's literally my roommate's and his oh him, and I've honestly adopted it. And it's the only thing I drink out of now. It's incredible. <laughs> oh my god! If if you can't see, there is a giant solo cup. It is like the size of your head. That literally. is incredible. Uh, oh my god! <laughs> incredible. Okay. All right. Enough about solo cups. Let, yes. Let's get into it. Yes. All right. We're going back in the past. What was life like growing up in Las Vegas in a large Cuban family? 
I mean, it was, to me, it was honestly the best. Like, my grandparents had a big part in, like, raising me. And they were, I'm first-generation Cuban. My, my grandparents and my parents came here in 1979. So growing up in Vegas, it wasn't very much, like, Americanized until I got into, like, elementary school, you know, and actually, like, experienced, like, other people because at first... It was just, like, a big Cuban community. So, like, I feel like I knew, like, Spanish before I knew English. Like, you know, it was very much, like, I grew up in, like, that bubble. And my grandparents were very much people that, like, they brought everybody together. Like, they had, like, a big house. No, not have a big house. They had a house. And, like, they would always have, like, big get-togethers. And they would always invite, like, the other, like, Cuban families that they knew. Like, cousins, aunts, everything. And they really gave me, like, community. Like, that was, like, my first taste of, like, what, like, community was outside of, like, my family circle. And, like, that community I considered family, and I still do today, you know? So it was very much, like, growing up, like, very Cuban. And then as I got older and I started going to school and stuff like that, I mean, Vegas was chill. I mean, as chill as it can be, you know? Like, (laughs) I, I had, like, a fake ID when I was, like, 16 and we were going to like strip clubs and like (laughs) doing all this shit but yeah it was pretty fun how did your family um end up in las vegas because i didn't know there was like that like a big like population of cubans over there um well i think there's there was a big population because i feel i think if i remember correctly there was a catholic church that was helping a lot of the cubans uh, that were coming to america get like situated and stuff but um before my grandparents came out my great great grandmother came out first and they went to utah first because there was casinos and stuff there and the first time it snowed they're like we gotta get the hell out of here <laughs> so vegas was the next place that had like like jobs in the casinos, like porters, you know, like all that kind of stuff. So they moved over there. And then everybody after that kind of went over there. And at first it was my grandmother, my grandfather, and my mom and my dad. And then the my grandmother, my grandfather on my mom's side as well. And after that, they kind of brought out everybody else to Vegas. So that's how the family kind of grew over there. That's awesome. Yeah. It sounds like you had a lot of support down there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, my family is fantastic. I love them. Okay. I love that. And I've been gay as hell since I was like little, and it was like no <laughs> qualms about it. You know, <laughs> that's amazing. So, yeah, that's the shit. <laughs> so as you got older, you ended up in LA for fashion style. Like, how did that all happen? <laughs> so in high school, I mean, when I tell you, I was like gay as fuck. I was like really gay. Like I was like the only like boy and like home at class like sewing you know and I kind of ate up all the girls in there like I was like <laughs> designing like miles around them and stuff like that like circles around them but um so I had an awesome teacher her name was Miss Sheldon and she really like poured into us and I'm honestly I never wanted to go to college or anything like that I was like kind of just gonna stay in Vegas after high school and she really like poured into us and like really ignited like my like love for fashion and she kind of like put these um like what is that called competitions you could call it that or whatever or showcases like they were like Mm. project runway 
And she got this, like, she got us, like, to do a runway show at, like, the Fashion Show Mall, which is, like, a big mall in the middle of the strip and all that kind of stuff. And it was just, like, really inspiring at that time. So when she was giving us those opportunities, I really, like, fell in love with it. And I, like, wanted to get more into fashion. So at first, I started out making, like, tote bags. And I was, like, selling them around high school. And I had a whole, like, MySpace page oh where God. I would, like, post all my bags and, like, sell them. And then from that, I kind of turned into like I did like fashion shows and they started at like my school and then it was at my school car dealerships which is like really random and then I ended up turning it into like an art fashion and music festival where I brought like musicians artists everything and it was just like a showcase of like talent in like Vegas and while that was kind of like at its peak when I had like sponsors and everything getting into it I um I won this design competition that Caesars Palace put on and it was like best new fashion designer of Las Vegas, whatever. And so I won that. And then one of the prizes was I got to assist a stylist from New York City. And I was like, oh, my God, this is major. And at first I was only really doing it to get my clothes into like magazines. And as it started to like progress, we like uh, created like a beautiful like working relationship together. And he ended up giving me like little styling jobs here and there. And I ended up falling in love with that process because it was like, I got to pretty much create a collection, but through imagery, instead of having to spend like all of this time, like sewing and creating this and like trying to put together like a show and all that. So I kind of fell in love with that and like side story. So Project Runway hit me up while I was like in that whole thing. And they were the rudest, most shittiest people I ever fucking met. And like, they they literally, yeah, they tore me to shreds. They said that I had like no point of oh. view in fashion, all this kind of shit. And Probably. I'm just like, I look back now and I'm like, baby, I'm very accomplished. Like I knew y'all were up your asses, you know? But back then that little Jimmy was like mm. so sad. And I was just oh. like, okay, I don't I don't want to do design anymore. So mm. that was the segue into styling. So okay. I ended up meeting this photographer and this makeup artist that I was like working with a lot. And they both were moving to LA. And I was just like, you know what? If I don't move now, I'm not going to leave. And it was just like, convenience sounds kind of disrespectful. But my grandmother was recently diagnosed with Alzheimer's and stuff. And that was like, it took its toll on me a little bit. So in a way, I was kind of running away. But it was also, uh, well, if she sacrificed her entire life to give me all these opportunities, I have to, you know, make sure that I'm doing the most out of it, especially if I'm not going to college. So all of those things kind of culminated together and kind of pushed me to, to L.A. Wow. Uh, and what a story. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, So like the, the shows in like the car dealership and stuff, was that in high school or like post high school? um that, like right at little... the end yeah right at the end of like senior year till i was like 21 that's fucking impressive i'm like i don't know i'm i'm always just amazed by like how people can like get the i just like that drive of like getting everything going at like such a young age too and like uh, I'm, that's very impressive and especially like to follow your dreams in that way too um yeah i don't know <laughs> Well, thanks, boo. I mean, no, like, to be honest, it was, I think it's kind of a thing of, like, that my grandparents, like, seeing them, you know, coming mm -hmm. to this country and, like, taking no for, taking 
know is not an answer. Right, I'm, maybe I'm jumbling. Or did <laughs> not that taking bad? no for an answer. Not taking no, not for, an taking no for an answer. You know, and it's like when presented with a no, they find their yes in that kind of space. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I feel like that was always very inspirational to me because I was like, okay, if I'm not going to do college, how am I going to make myself successful and like mm-hmm. be able to like, you know, support myself and like do all these things. So it was just like, I don't have anything at my fingertips right now. What am I going to use to make it happen regardless, you know? So it was very much, yeah, it was them. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So you, you had like this, I, I guess I would, I would say it's your quote. Um, where you said fashion is a vehicle for storytelling. Mm-hmm. What did you mean by that? Because I think that's interesting and true. <laughs> uh, I mean, I've always kind of been like obsessed with storytelling in general. I feel like it's like a form of like escapism from like the reality. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, I mean, like, when you look at like certain like cartoons, like fairy tales, fables, all that kind of stuff, like you see like the villain is dressed in a certain way or like the protagonist is like dressed in a certain way or this like very like like mystical creature, you know, is has like certain colors that embody like emotions and all that kind of stuff. So when I kind of like found fashion was, and well, and when I fell in love with it, I was like, doing my tote bags and all that stuff like in high school and I started to dig it into it a little and like the first person that I fell upon was Alexander McQueen and back then on his website he used to have all of his collections but there used to be like a description and the description like blew my mind because I didn't know that people could like I didn't know that like things could be so detailed in this like manner because he would be like well the reason we did the runway like this was because it was to tell a story about a war between the east and the west and it was like uh the one like the western outfits were very much like americanized and then the other ones were you know more never eat more like eastern inspired like garbs and fabrics and all this stuff and even like it went down to like the models chosen you know and i was just like whoa like you could actually like bring these like fairy tale characters you know like these like storybook characters to life in regards to fashion you know and that's kind of what made me fall in love with it was being able to like create a story, but one that was kind of like tangible and like you could see in real time, you know, and kind of like came out of the pages. And that's kind of what I fell in love with. I love that. Uh, yeah, I was gonna. Uh, I was like, when you were explaining that, I was like thinking, um, like, I'm. I mean, I don't. I my eye for fashion has gotten better as I age, but um. My like, I think my first introduction to like fashion or storytelling through fashion was like maybe like Paris is Burning, where like ball okay. categories was just like how they present, how they think they present themselves best to like fit a certain like I don't want to say stereotype, but certain category uh, category works. Um, but like, um, it's how you hold yourself and in these certain categories and how you present the clothing and stuff is like. A storytelling of like and explaining the movie to just sort of like you um it's like a fantasy in a way of portraying a certain character certain archetype of um society or whatever whatever category is presented to you 
don't know if I'm making sense right now, but a hundred percent. And I feel like that, like watching Paris is Burning too, was just like another, just like realization of like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, like you could actually like bring these characters into more of a realized, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. And then also like that kind of like, like seeing all these little things that were like, you know, how you present things and like the fantasy that you could allow people to believe, you know? Yeah really is what drew me to drag too because it's kind of like the ultimate form like you're creating a character mm-hmm. you're conveying emotion all of this stuff and it's kind of just like yeah i mean you are giving the fantasy yeah like regardless of if you're on stage or whatever medium you choose to do it on mm-hmm. if it's picture video mm-hmm. you know in in-person performance or just existing like mm-hmm. it's really cool that you've created this like yeah. character and we get to enjoy it you know um and then it always starts at a visual instinct and then you get to know the story throughout that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm just thinking. So all the success um, from Vegas, you moved to LA. What was um, your experience in LA? And then how did you manage to get to New York from there? Okay. Uh, LA was cool. I mean, I was very much going out there wanting to do like like creative editorial storytelling rather than than like the commercial jobs. So I was getting like I got to do a bunch of celebrity and stuff. And during that time, I was still pushing a lot of like my editorial conceptualized like work and it got me noticed and I, I got to do a bunch of things. And funny enough, while I was in L.A., I was dealing with my grandmother's like Alzheimer's and stuff and I was like extremely depressed all this stuff and it wasn't until I like found myself kind of not necessarily like spiraling hardcore and the next morning my friends were like hey we're gonna go to church do you want to come we're gonna go eat after but we don't have to come back to the valley to pick you up so I was like all right I'll go with y'all whatever so I went to church like hungover and when I went to church, I was like sitting there. I didn't get anything from the service, nothing. And then at the end, they were like, well, if you'd like to come up, like they turn off the lights. If you'd like to come up and pray, you're more than welcome to come up and pray. And I was like, you know what? If I'm here, I might as well just do it, you know? So I went up and then like I got on my knees and I started praying. And I was just like, you know what? I was like, I hope that you take care of my family, this, this and that. And then, I don't know, part of me felt like vulnerable in that moment. And I was just like, and you know what, if you, if you help me figure out a way to like release all of this like sadness and anger and all this stuff, like I would be willing to commit my life because I don't know how to do it myself, you know? And in that moment, I really felt like a presence and I was just like, oh, like this is real. Like this is the first time I feel like somebody has like heard me out, you know, in this like, especially back then when I was like really like going through it. So I got into church and all this stuff and I didn't get into church. I fell in love with the higher power that I was connecting with. And I met a lot of amazing people and I met community, which was awesome. And towards the end of it, I started seeing things that I didn't really care for in the church, you know, especially in regards to like the LGBTQ plus community and all of this stuff. And, but I had a very strong relationship with God, whoever that may be, you know what I'm saying? Mm. I think it's, whoever that entity is, I think it's bigger than religion. I don't think we are capable to understand what it is, you know? Mm. So 
my wording for it is God, but I had an amazing relationship with God. And through that, I was able to process a lot of things with like my grandmother and just like everything. And there was one day my grandmother's Alzheimer was her Alzheimer's was progressing a lot. And there was a day that we, me and my best friend, Eric, were at a Starbucks and we like pulled out and we're at a stop sign. And I felt like God to me in my heart and just be like, sell everything you have and move to New York City and I'm going to bless it. And I was just like, all right, work. Uh, <laughs> let me think on that, you know? <laughs> and yes, I thought about it and I was like, you know what? I was like, I can stay here and I know that my life is going to be blessed. Like there is no doubts about it. But if I don't listen to what they told me in my heart, I could be missing out on a whole journey, you know, that's way bigger than I could have ever, you know, anticipated. So a week later, I sold all my shit and I went to like New York with like 2000 bucks. And it was honestly the best decision I ever made in my life, you know? Hey. Uh-huh. And to be honest, like during that process, I felt like I, it was a little bit tough with the relationship that I had with God just because I was like, I went to New York and I asked for three things. I was like, if you give me a home, if you give me community, and if you give me uh, a church, you know, that I could call home, like, I'll be happy. Like, that's what I need from you to give me. And I'll be happy moving over there. And when I first got over here, I was like frustrated because I was just like, okay, you're like, I've asked you for these things and you didn't bless me, you know, with the things that were similar to me in LA. Mm -hmm. And, but during this time, I was like, I got my first like editorial with like W interview Vogue, like everything was popping off, but I was just like, I was like, this isn't looking like LA to me. And I was like frustrated in that sense. And like hindsight being 2020, it's like, I really was blessed with all those things. It just didn't look like what LA looked like, you know? Because mm, yeah. I was given community, I was given, church was my people, you know what I'm saying? Like it was, it was different blessings for a different era. And that's how I've kind of like started looking at life differently. Is like sometimes if you get stuck in like our okay, this doesn't look as good as it used to. So why why is it not working for me anymore? You know, and it's like if you just give yourself a moment to step back and look at the perspective, everything is kind of always working in your favor. You just have to be open minded to like what is kind of moving and grooving. Okay, now I'm rambling. I'm rambling. My bad. I, I love it. It's I love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah. No. Um. I think your experience like moving to New York is um, similar to a lot of people just like looking for a, a fresh new start and like finding finding similarities to their home life uh, back home but like with new perspective new eyes new pe people new faces everything mm -hmm. um, um, I, I've been very reflective of um, I'm just rambling up oh, TikTok right now uh, <laughs> Um, I'm sure it's a big uh, Twitter moment right now, but there's this woman who like was like complaining about living in New York. Um, oh my God. I saw yeah, that. Today. Yeah. And she's, she's just a transplant. And I'm like, if you're not like, if you're living here and you are not appreciative of like where you're living at all times, I don't get out of here. <laughs> and um, it, um, so finding success here is like 
not necessarily financial all the time. I think it's finding community, finding like-minded people and finding what you want out of it. So, yeah. I don't know Very why I'm nice. like, so. Um, <laughs> You're like deep today. I know. I'm like after school special. Usually I, have to like, <laughs> I usually have to like pull a question out of you. I don't know. You're uh, into it. <laughs> I, 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 think, I think the coffee enema hit. I'm just like. <laughs> I got mine lines up. I got mine lines up. Uh, no, I uh, I, uh, I chugged my cold brew today, so we're good. Sorry, Caitlin. Um, so before we wrap up, um, I saw in the email you sent me that we have to talk about Fergie. What happened oh. with Fergie? Okay, no, no, no. Okay, is that is that for us or no? <laughs> that was a that was another podcast. We had a a Fergie moment on the dance floor, and then we became friends after that. So that's. I want to know the story. <laughs> uh, oh, it was just like I was performing one night at the Rosemont, and it was like literally like four in the morning. Okay. And yeah, like I was just like in my own world. There was like probably like seven people there. You know, like that time at the mm-hmm. Rosemont. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And Favorite. yeah, I just saw I just saw the girls and like Fergie was playing, and we like gave shows to each other, and it was like kind of magical, and we just became friends after that. So yeah, it was cute. It was cute. Okay, for it. All right, then I'm going to do a different... Um, last question? Last question. Because okay. I had another last question. But okay. also. Um, <laughs> so I read your um, Thodacy article and you are like a plant queen. <laughs> you are, yes. Yeah, tell us about your plants. <laughs> I mean, that was a really fun journey. I mean, I'm still kind of on it and I've always had them. Like, well, my, it all kind of started with, like, my grandfather. He, like, raised and, like, bred, like, tropical birds, like, goats, emus, all this shit. We had, like, a farm in the backyard. And I thought when I was, like, a kid that I could, like, transform, like, Vegas into, like, this, like, rainforest if I planted enough plants over there and kind of change, like, the ecosystem. It didn't happen. <laughs> no. Uh, but, um, yeah. Fast forward, like, like a shit ton of years. And I was very, like, transient because of, like, working in fashion. So I didn't really, like, set, like, roots anywhere. Oh, my God, pun. I didn't even think of that. But uh, <laughs> I really never, like, put down roots or anything. And I started going to therapy to get over, like, my grandmother's Alzheimer's and just, like, being depressed after I got out of this relationship and stuff like that. And one of the things that my therapist asked me was, what's one of the things that made you happiest, you know, when you were growing up, you know, like with your grandparents and your family and all that. And I was like, honestly, it was just like being able to spend time with like my grandfather, with my grandfather, you know, with the animals and like planting plants and like, you know, just having like that kind of like space, like that tranquility. And they were like, well, why don't you try to incorporate that somehow into like your day to day life? And I was like, okay well I was like maybe I'll go buy a plant at like the corner store or whatever so I bought one and I was like okay wait this is kind of cut <laughs> and like that turned into like seven plants by the end, end of the week and then I had like like 50 plants in like a little window and then when I moved to my new apartment and I had like all this window space and like room and all that stuff like that like whole thing used to be all plants the window was covered with plants the living room it was wild but yeah it was a fun experience and oh yeah and then I was like like drag was starting and then my like passion for like plants was also starting at the same time as well so 
I was like, well, am I going to make another Instagram for my plants? Because I want to post this. And my fashion styling page is not going to want to see plants or drag. And the drag page isn't going to want to see plants. And I was like, you know what? Let's brand it like Miss Lady the Plant Lady. And we're going to put plants and drag together. And mm -hmm. they're going to love it. You know? And I, that was it. I was going to say, I vaguely remember you in a photo shoot and like, I want to say like hardwood floors and like just surrounded by greenery and like a white mm -hmm. dress or something. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Oh, it, it was for paper, actually. Oh, okay, okay. It was cute. <laughs> um, yeah, we shot at like six different plant stores around New York City, and I had uh -huh. like six different looks for them. It was kind of cut. It was kind of <laughs> Um. Well, that brings us to our next little transition. Um. We're about to take a little break, kids, but we're gonna talk all yeah. about paper and drag. Paper and, and drag <laughs> and, gay, and gay shit. So we'll be right back. <laughs> I am ready for my wig to go flying. And we're back. We're back. Woo. Hey. Okay. <laughs> so that was my spectacle. Get into it. <laughs> um we are this is the first week of June, apparently. Uh um so what are you ta talking about it is uh, i know yeah it is um <laughs> so we're talking all things about uh pride being queer the community so miss lady how did you get into the drag scene well i was like over here doing my thing and already in new york city and i was dating this shitty guy like he's kind of a dick and but he was like i don't know he just made me feel shitty and he was like went to Harvard and stuff. So I felt oh. like he was like accomplished. And I was like, I was like, well, if like, if I want to be like married and all this stuff, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is kind of like the person, I mean, horrible thinking process, you know, toxic, not cute. <laughs> but I was just like, okay, this is what I need to do to make sure that I have like this life that I want. Like, I want something that's like, kind of monogamous like we're gonna build a life together all of this stuff and when we broke up I got kind of depressed and I was living in a shitty apartment at the time like no windows which I don't even know how is legal it probably isn't it is. <laughs> it's not <laughs> definitely not and yeah I got I was like depressed all this shit and I found myself not necessarily like uh, well yes abusing alcohol in the sense where I was like getting blacked out you know like every now and again when I was going out but also kind of just looking for any form of escapism so it was like I was traveling a lot I was like telling myself I was like okay we're not going to be depressed anymore so we're going to live like my best life so I was like going to like Chicago LA Vegas like I lived in London for like two months you know like I was like just doing whatever I needed to do to escape the shitty feelings and there there came a point where I like I smoked one night and I went to go watch TV and I had like a panic attack and I was just like girl you need to get your life together like you're spiraling it's like not cute you know and I, I like had a little come to Jesus with myself and I was just like we're gonna quit everything cold turkey we're gonna get into we're gonna get into therapy and we're just gonna figure our shit out like it's not cute like this like this like vicious cycle of like okay I feel good now and then like 
I don't feel good. So I go find whatever form of escapism and then I feel shitty again. And then I try to feel good. It was just like, I'm over it. Let's just like figure it out completely. So I would get really anxious in my like living space. One, I had no window. So I kind of felt like trapped in there. So like a way that I kind of would like combat that was like giving myself like little projects. And I was watching uh, Drag Race with some of my friends back then. And I was just watching it and I was like, you know what? I feel like I could do that. So I was like, what if like I forced myself to like sit in my room and like teach myself how to like do makeup. So I would like do like a lip one week. I would do like an eye and kind of like all this stuff. And it kind of like forced me to just like sit and be still and kind of like be with myself. And it was nice because like, I mean, I was ugly as shit back then. The makeup was terrible, but it was like little little accomplishments so it'd be like oh okay this looks way better than it looked like last week so it felt like I was like doing something progressive while also like being in therapy and like doing all this stuff and that's kind of how like drag started so I was just like I kind of went sober for like three years and I'm really happy that I got to know drag through like a sober lens and to like be able to like feel what it felt like to get on stage for the first time and like really be present for all of that and be present for like the growth of it. So yeah. And then that's how kind of like it started. And like, I was just like getting into drag at first and I went out for Halloween and drag and Tito, who I call like my, my drag mom, like spotted me at one of, one of his events. And he was like, I want you to come perform for me at $3 bill. And I was like, let's give it, you know? And it's like when Aww. $3 Bill had the like shoebox stage, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, so we did the first gig there and I was like, fab, like this is so cool. And then like, he was like, I want you to to come to my monthly at uh, the Rosemont. And then it kind of just took off from there. Oh my God. Uh, mm-hmm. t- Timeline wise, where what year are we talking? Um, this was maybe uh, two years. Wait, two or one, one year? Two or two maybe two years before yeah 2018 okay okay mm-hmm. Gosh. yeah because i wasn't really pushing drag like hardcore like i was like just like dabbling in it a little bit i was still working like heavily in fashion and it wasn't until the quarantine when i really was like okay this is what i want to do you mm-hmm. know and i kind of was like well because qu- quarantine was that moment where i was like i don't have to go back to the life that I was living prior to this, if I didn't love it, you know, and I felt like I was kind of going through the motions in fashion. So I was like, drag makes me happy. This is what I want to do. I'm obsessed with plants. It makes me feel fulfilled. So I was just like, we're jumping into it here. And I'm not really going back to fashion in that sense. How did you get your drag name? Uh, Okay. So it was like back in the day, this is even before I started drag. But um, we're getting ready for a Halloween party. And, and one of my friends painted me. And I was looking like an old Cuban lady. And I was just like, yo, this is me lady, which is like a very common Cuban, like older woman Cuban name, you know? So I was like, it's like, this is me lady. That's it. And then when I actually got into drag, um, I was just like, okay, it's kind of like a double entendre. Like Americans are gonna think it's like Miss Lady, but it's yeah. actually Miss Lady, which is actually, you know, like a real name. So I was like, fab. Because when I was in high school, I actually didn't even think about it. 
but I kind of created this character that like I would make like little quick like videos and I, I would upload them to like YouTube and her name was Veronica Twinkle Star. And I'm like, that actually would have been so kind if I came back as Veronica. But <laughs> Miss Lady, Miss Lady's the one who who mm-hmm. took over. Yeah. Um, I say make a guest appearance as uh Veronica. Um, I'm sure she could do a pop-up gig. Um <laughs> a little something right. You know what? Maybe I'll bring her back. I'll bring her back. You should do a show <laughs> half as Miss Lady, half as Veronica. Uh, yeah. Let's mm-hmm. give it. I'm, I'm here. I'm <laughs> Costume change. I'm here for a one woman show of two people. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> Let's give it. Oh you want to know something? Like, she was very artsy. Like, I didn't have makeup back then, but I had all these, like, puff paints. So I would literally, like, paint myself with, like, puff paints. It was kind of caught. It was actually kind of caught. <laughs> I should revisit it. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Um, how will you describe your, your curtain drag and your performance style now? Um, I think it's very, like, I've been able to get to a place where I'm, like, been able to incorporate everything that I love into, like, one thing, you know? And it's, like, for a second, I didn't want anything to do with fashion just because I was, like, like, I felt like the industry kind of just, like, sucked all the fun out of it. And I was just, like, I'm not really here for it. And I was in this weird place where I was just, like, I didn't know where I wanted to take my drag. I was just, like oh, well, I'll just, like, exist and, like, make a look and whatever. And finally, like, there came a point where I was just, like, okay, I really want to incorporate, like, all the things. Like, it was, like, another step from, like, the plants and and drag back in the day. And this one was, like, you have all this, like, knowledge and, like, you have, like, this, like, point of view. Like, let's really, like, take it to the next level and, like, incorporate it into drag. So for me, it's just like, I feel like, wait, say the question again so I don't ramble. Um, how would you describe <laughs> your drag, your current okay. drag and your performance style? Okay, fab. Yes, very like fashion forward. I feel like I take what my point of view was in fashion and what I was producing in in regards to like fashion when I was in the industry, like hardcore. And I kind of put that into Miss Lady. But it always kind of has, like, a twist to it. I feel like it's, like, refined. But I'm not really afraid to, like, have fun and just, like, you know, wear a baby, a baby's head mask and some big-ass titties and just let's call it a day. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Or to show up at the gig with a mask on. Or, and I don't feel restricted in any sense. Like, yes, I want to give, like, fashion cunt. But if I don't feel like shaving my legs that day, like, you're getting a hairy fashion cunt bitch, you know? And that's it. And I feel like I kind of just do whatever the fuck Miss Lady feels like doing. And that's what it is. I know you you said in a different interview that you, like, incorporate Cuban music as well. Yes. In regards to, like, performance... I mean, I love performing the things that, like, made me feel alive when I was, like, younger. You know, like, when my grandmother and my grandfather would have these, like, get-togethers. And, like, there, everything for me, a lot of, like, Spanish culture and Latin culture, especially, like, Cuban culture, is very performative. Like, they're, like, a lot of the times when people get together, it's a lot of, like, dancing and, like, performing, essentially, you know? And there's, like, quinceañeras, which is, like, a coming-of-age for 
for girls and stuff, which I wanted one and I wish they would have gave it to me. But I guess now I'm just like, nah, you know, but yeah, it, it's just very much like those songs really like speak to me. So I love performing that because it's also like little gamey being like, oh, now I get to express what I really didn't get to do when I was like younger, you know? Definitely. So I love Latin music and yeah. Makes sense. Um, so it seems like that you've gotten a lot of inspiration from the Brooklyn drag scene. What have been some of your favorite performers and shows over the years? Oof. I mean, there's so many. I mean, that's why paper was so fun because it's like, we literally just got to highlight like everyone that I think is dope as fuck, you know? Oh, okay. I, re I remember now I was talking to Christ almighty Love and her. we were chit chatting at, no icon legend. Yeah. And we were like chit-chatting and it came in conversation like the reason why I feel like the paper shoot was so special is because like all of these performers are style icons in their own right. You know, like everybody has the, a certain way that they paint. Everybody has a certain way that they dress, that they perform and stuff. And you're literally highlighting a superstar in each of these places, you know, with point of view, you know. A, a sense of a sense of fashion everything so yeah I mean if, if I had to say like I mean like the ones who really like make me feel something I mean every performer makes me feel something but the ones that really like take me there like Tyler Ashley every time like they perform a song it just like turns me out like it's just like a beautiful interpretation of whatever song they feel like giving us that day and I mean, Neon Calypso is another one who like, like I had the honor of like working with and just seeing her perform a song some nights and I'm just like, you couldn't have told me that you didn't write that song because it's like the way that you performed it is just like, it's not how I ever envisioned it or have seen it before. I mean, Zava's another great one at doing that. And like, she is so amazing at being able to find any space, you know, and make it kind of her playground. And it's just like so interesting to just view an artist who kind of just like is so present in the moment that they could transform anything into, you know, like what they're trying to present to you. So, yeah, I mean, like Jasmine Dash in regards to fashion, I'm just like obsessed, like, mm -hmm. to be honest, like to the level of like the Vivian Westwoods and all and like, because I, I was talking to her and I was like, Bitch, I see you as, like, one of these, like, London, you know, designers that are, like, so fucking hot. Like, Richard Quinn, all these people. And, yeah, she's just so inspiring. She has such a point of view, a refinement, like, beautiful construction when it comes to clothes. Like, yeah. So uh, Yeah, I've seen her stuff yeah, pop I mean, up. I don't know. I mean, I mean, um, more recently. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think I met her when she first started doing drag too, which is cool to see like her success. But um, besides the point, irrelevant. Mm. <laughs> um, let's get into our big. And I mean, and what? Oh, okay. No, go go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, and I mean, like, what a power couple to Diana and Jazz. Like, mm. Diana kills it with the hair. Like. Oh yeah, it's like the way that she is able to construct these things and just like make these moments. I'm like wowed, and then 
you have Jazz making like the fashion and the way that they both paint is like gorgine. I mean, like power couple, really. <laughs> um, I know one of your inspirations was Serena T with her book Centerfold. How did that inspire yeah. you? Uh, well, I love Serena, and honestly, I look up to her a lot in regards to how she puts looks together, her, like, the way that she performs commands attention, you know, like, the way that she paints, beautiful, like, she, she is an icon, really, and when she did Centerfold, I was, like, in that middle place where I, I didn't know where I really wanted to take drag, really, and when I got Centerfold and I, like, look, looked in it, and I was just, like, oh, she bridged it for me. Like that was the moment, like that was the epiphany. I was just like, she has, like she did what I didn't think was possible. Like I always thought that like dragon fashion would be separate. And when she brought it together and she became the subject and like was able to show all of these different images, you know, kind of capturing like these different types of like fashion photography, like pretty much like, I mean, they were all shot by the same person, but to be able to catch capture like these like different like stylistic um, images, I don't really know the words. I'm getting tongue tied, mm -hmm. but it was just like so inspiring to be like, oh shit, like this is it, you know, like mm -hmm. this is what I what where I want to take it, and this is what I want to do. Um. Yeah, I saw some of those photos from her book. I don't have a copy of the book because I'm pretty sure she like sold out. Um, but um she she really stepped up the photography game um and just documenting drag in that way so i don't know it was a very cool project to see um yeah but, definitely yeah. um so that brings us to our big big talking point of the episode the the love letter to new york drag with paper magazine um tell us all about it how to come to be and mainly what were your inspirations for this project it's a big project it is a big project <laughs> uh i mean it kind of started out as like I, well when i wanted to bring like fashion into my drag and stuff like that i started out just like creating like a bunch of looks and like shooting them for like myself and i got to a point where i was like okay i kind of did that like what's the next thing so i was like i want to shoot shoots with like some of my homegirls that I find very inspiring so like the first ones were like I want to do a beauty shoot with like Rain and Dev because I feel like they just like paint like soft beauty you know like they're gonna give me like a beauty campaign so that's what I want to do and then I was like thinking of like Essence and I was like Essence to me just moves in a way that's like like water you know like she just looks hot like she gives off this like street style kind of like you know unapologetic sexiness and I was like okay I want to do like kind of the street style shoot with with essence and me and Virginia were talking and I was like you know bitch I think it'd be kind of if we did like this like 80s kind of like retro kind of thing together so that was kind of like what the project was going to be at first and there was like no ties to a magazine or anything and I forgot how it how it came up but I was talking to to the peeps at paper and I was like, hey, because like back in the day, I did a similar story, but with my family, I kind of wanted to create a time capsule where I got to shoot my entire family in this like reality, like fantasy reality, where I had them in like high fashion. So I had like my grandmothers in like Gucci and like my little uh, brothers in like Kenzo and 
my grandmother and like Alexander McQueen. So it was like, I really wanted to, to create this kind of like world where um, we shot them in like my old high school, the first hotels that they worked at, all this kind of stuff. Aww. So I brought it up to paper and I was like, I think it would be kind of cool if we did something similar to this, but we did it with the Queens, uh, the Queens Kings and like things in like New York City. You know, like I feel like that would be kind of cool. And they were like, Fab, let's do it. So I was like, oh, okay. And at first it was kind of smaller. Like I had like the individual shoots and I wasn't really like thinking of like how big it could be. And then there came a point when I really started like mood boarding it. And I was just like, okay, we need to have everybody involved. Like the one thing I didn't want was, I remember when I first started drag, I kind of felt this insecurity of like, oh, maybe I don't like really like belong here. And I felt like a lot of that stemmed from like fashion being so um, political and very much like you're either in the inner circle or you're kind of not kind of thing. And I had that kind of insecurity when I first got into fashion. So I, when I was like planning this and I was like, okay, if we're going to shoot like the the community of New York City, like I was like, I don't want anybody to feel left out, you know? I was like, I want to showcase everybody. And I want to showcase everybody as like a superstar. Like I didn't want to just like photographers who come around, we want to shoot while you're getting ready. And I'm like, definitely not. You know, I look fucking crazy right now. Like, let's create something that's like art rather than, you know, shooting me as like a clown before I get on stage, you know? So, yeah, I started like planning it and yeah, it all kind of just like came together like very, like organically. Like a lot of the shoots have, like I group different performers together for like different reasons, you know? And I really feel like we highlighted everybody's best qualities in each of the shoots. Like there's no one shoot that I could be like, this one was better than the other. I feel like they're all special to me in in regards to different things. I mean, like there's certain shoots where videos speak to me like louder than others, just because like, for me, honestly, one of my favorites was the hardware video because it's like, you got to see just personality after personality. And it was just like, like, Honestly, I have goosebumps, like, really. Oh. But it was just, like, you just got to see, like, performers just, like, giving it, you know? For the three seconds that they were in the video, but for those three seconds, like, they were living. You know what I'm saying? And you were living with them. Like, I've watched that video, like, literally over 100 times. And, yeah, it was fun. And it was also fun to, like, like given the opportunity from paper to be like, okay, if we're gonna if we're gonna showcase not only the performers, like let's showcase the performers in all the aspects. You know, like we had like Sherry Poppins and Mother Teresa shoot two of the shoots as well. Mm -hmm. And like to be able to incorporate like scenarios music, you know, into a lot of the videos and everything and like um bringing in like minty makeup into like all of the shoots and stuff like that. It was really cool to just like really bring like New York City in in this like little series and really just showcase what I think is like the best of the best of like New York City. It's been it's a great time capsule. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's been so special to watch. I like I always refresh the page because I'm like, oh, is there a new new one out today? <laughs> um, I re yeah, I remember that, like every uh, like half hour. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, where, where's the new one? I don't what it was oh, our New Year's, I think. Yeah. Um, I know there's 10 in total, correct? 
That's how many Th- I counted 13. on the website. There's 13? 13. Okay. <laughs> I only um, saw 10 on paper mag. Well, there's still three more to go. Okay. Oh my goodness. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm excited. By the time this well, comes out, th- I, I'm sure it'll be out. <laughs> yeah. It'll be, it'll be, it'll be out by. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, well, that's, uh, yeah, that's also, God bless you for managing. I, I don't know how many queens are in total, but I'm, I'm assuming over 100. So God bless you uh, getting them all together in uh, separate rooms, but all together. Because mm. <laughs> so, um, I know I that's mean, a task. It was honestly fun. And to be honest, everybody was like so into it that it was easy. Like okay. there wasn't really like any like drama with it. Mm-hmm. Like it was easy to coordinate. Like being a queen also, like I know timing and stuff, especially of like like when like people start getting ready for their gigs and stuff like that. So it was easier to coordinate and be like, okay, I know that this time to this time can work. And if you're already gonna be in you know in the look you might as well just go straight to the gig so we i would plan it kind of like in that regard so like we weren't just having people like getting ready and then just getting out of it like if they had a gig afterwards i try to keep that in mind and stuff like that um kind. <laughs> yeah that is kind of you <laughs> um because um i mean it really helps to work with a production team that has worked with drag queens before because um that's usually not the case and it's usually a nightmare uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and to uh, be honest like like the project really came together and i have to give a shout out to no effects because if it wasn't for them like i don't think i would have been able to do as much as we did with this project like mm-hmm. with the last shoot he really helped me like lock down the the movie theater and he did a lot of the the videos for the for the series and and some of the imagery as well. Mm-hmm. And he also opened up his studio to me. So he was like, whenever you need a studio for whatever shoot, like let me know the date and you're free to use everything in here. And mm-hmm. I was just like, yeah, he honestly made it really possible. So thank you, Noah. I love you. Uh, he was also very, very sweet um, when I met him in hardware. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, not, not to have biases, but I, I did like those uh, hardware shoot a lot. Um, well, it's I was going to ask you how how was your experience with it? It was like yeah, a, I want to hear that. I want to hear that. <laughs> uh, oh my god, it was great. Um it was like a little mini like drag con or bushwig reunion cuz it was just like so many performers all in one space. Um and I yeah, it was great to see everybody. Um and also the photo shoot was like super quick and easy so I could just like go talk to people afterwards. It just felt like a fun little like event. <laughs> I loved it. Um but um mm-hmm. From a like a style point, I was um obsessed with it because my one of my biggest inspirations is like the eighties, like club kids and all that stuff. So like with uh Ryan's uh photographs, I you, you really captured that energy of like very like um nostalgic era of drag, um, which a lot of the performers that were there like were also like doing uh, not maybe intentionally, but like doing homages to as well. So um it 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 really worked for me. I loved it. Um, and I've, I've loved all the series too. Um, seeing all my, my faves and my babes on, on paper is always exciting. <laughs> um, basically. Oh, that, makes me, that makes me so happy. Yeah. Um, thank you again for having me. It, it, it meant a lot. Um, and yeah, it was really, it was cool to see everybody. And now when I see like, if a photo shoot dropped and um, I see one of whoever's in it, I, I always say congrats on paper. Cause um, 
I, it's a big deal for um a lot of us and yeah so thank you for doing it mm. it's been great yeah of course yeah. and hopefully it's not well it's definitely not the last like yes. I definitely this was very much like the fluffer you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I definitely want to keep this like trajectory going and I just wanted to become more conceptualized and more like refined, you know? Mm. So I wanted papers to be like, okay, this is what we can do. And that's why I mm. wanted it to be like a wide range of like different aesthetics, like photography, video, all that kind of stuff. So I'm like, this is what we can do. You know, this is the level of production that we could do. Like you see that the the hair, the makeup, everything is to the tens. Like now what's the next? you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so i definitely want like i'm speaking it into existence i want vogue i want w i want interview i want all the major mags and i think it's gonna happen it's definitely gonna happen i feel i feel like the timing is right especially with all the controversy going on in america right now yeah that mm-hmm. track but i feel like fashion always like kind of likes to cling on to any yeah. sort of controversial yeah. moment in a good way like they like to highlight mm-hmm. so um, I, I can totally see it. <laughs> speaking on that, um, how has the reaction or um, have the editorials been received so far? I mean, pretty great. Everybody like really loves it. And it's honestly like brought a lot of joy, which I think is kind of nice. Instead of like hearing just like shitty legislations and stuff every day to actually see like queer like happiness and like just queer art has been like really refreshing for like me and a lot of people who've, who've like reached out so yeah pretty good, good. <laughs> the republicans haven't caught wind yet <laughs> uh there, no was definitely pitchforks. Some, there was definitely some comments and some things that honestly it doesn't really like bother me too much i'm oh. just like i didn't give a shit you know okay. so yeah it, it's <laughs> i saw some of the comments on well i mean it's it's the internet so of course i see comments on stuff but um it's weird because paper's very like queer friendly and they've always been like very queer friendly so to see like bigots on their like instagram pages i'm like where did you where did you find this yeah where did you find <laughs> this you <laughs> exactly yeah. and you know and the reason why it doesn't really like affect me is because like if you're if you're like speaking out gay shit to talk shit about, you're probably really interested in it, and you're probably just a closeted, yeah, you know, whatever you are. <laughs> so, diva, like, come to the dark side and have a little fun, you know. Stop, <laughs> stop hating from the sidelines. Stop hating. Absolutely. So that's gonna bring us to our last little it's not really a question but you you said that drag isn't only a form of self-expression it's art it's political and it's the and in its truest form it's love so (laughs) i like that okay wait do you want me to talk about well like so like if you wanted to like go a little further with that Mm -hmm. um yeah, I mean, of course it's political, you know, like, it's totally against, like, the norm of what, especially, like, is so hard, specifically, like, America, which is, like, this, like, Christian, conservative, like, binary, you know, like, stereotypical kind of whatever call. We all, we understand why it's political and everything. But in its truest form, it is kind of love. Like, you've chosen to, like, love and embrace, like, 
what you like what and who you are you know and like what you want to experience like in this life when I feel like so many of these conservatives that are pissed is because they feel like they're probably in this like rigid box that is like totally imaginary and like they give to themselves because of like religion and like society like what's the word society societal pressures or whatever I don't really know but um but yeah like it's like pretty much like drag is love because you're loving yourself enough to experience what happiness is and like to be able to share that joy or to share any kind of emotion you know like you have you've given yourself the freedom and the love and like the space to do that so yeah and I feel like especially with drag I mean like there's going to be catty people and shitty people in every aspect of life and every workplace and everything but for the most part, like our community, and I can only speak for New York because I haven't really like been in any other drag communities besides that, but I've met like other performers from other states and it feels very much the same. Like New York feels very much like a family. Like it doesn't matter if you're one kind of performer or another, like when we get together, it's a key, you know, like, and we kind of saw that at Stand Up, like there was so every kind of performer from New York city was together and it was really just a celebration, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, it is love. It's community. It's embracing each other, meeting everybody where they're at and kind of celebrating everyone. And on that note, we're going to take our little next little break. Um, We'll be right back. kids. flying and we're back oh we're back um besides paper which now everything is out <laughs> um do you have any future upcoming projects yes so i don't know if by this time it'll be out but i kind of don't want to talk about it just yet because i want it to be like mm-hmm. you know i don't want to jinx anything but okay. there is another shoot project coming, which I think might be the last one for the summer, unless it's something major like gets thrown in front of me. And I'm like, okay, we got to do it. But it's going to be one thing. And I feel like it's very, it's going to hit like politically, but it's also going to be visually like insanely stunning. So I'm excited for that. And I think the summer's going to be pretty chill. But when I come back in the fall, I feel like, the project is going to pick up again. So, yeah, just be prepared for more shoots. I'm excited, excited. for that. I'm absolutely excited. Um, what is the best advice you've been given about drag, in drag? You could give other people, any of that. Mm, let me see. Maybe the best uh, advice I've ever gotten about performing was whatever because like in the beginning I used to be like oh well do I need to perform this like top 40 song because that's what these people are gonna you know respond to best or anything and the best advice I ever got was when you get on that stage you know you are the one who's giving us the story we have no we have no input in that we are here to receive whatever you put out so that kind of changed my mind on how I like 
chose what I wanted to perform and how I wanted to give it to people, especially doing a lot of Latin numbers in spaces that are predominantly like white. I used to be like, well, I don't know if they're going to receive it. And at a certain point after somebody told me that, I was just like, oh, well, I really don't give a shit because if you're here, you're here to watch Miss Lady and Miss Lady's going to give you what Miss Lady gives, you know, and you're going to enjoy it. And if you don't, then go to another show. So, yeah, I feel like that was that was the some of the best advice I ever got. Uh, Caitlin, wrap us up with our last question. Okay, last question. Where do you want to take your drag in the future? Mm-mm. I don't know. I just want to be able to really tell the stories that I want to tell. And that's kind of it. I don't really know if I'll be doing drag. Maybe I will. It is so fun. But at a certain point, I definitely want to like brand out and kind of have like a job where in some sort of facet of like the drag world that I've been able to build. I mean, I would love to like open like a nursery and like sell plants as like an older gay and like have that be my livelihood until I like die essentially. But yeah, I don't know. Something chill. I want to be able to like tour the world that would be sick as fuck, you know? And, like, perform in a bunch of places and meet a bunch of people and, like, see a bunch of stuff. And, yeah, create some, like, beautiful imagery on that journey. And, honestly, just be happy and have fun. And I feel like that's kind of all I want. I love that answer. Take over the world. Take over the world. Hello. Um, (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being on our little show. Thank you for having me. It was so fun. It was. It's been a pleasure. Um, where can the kids find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on Insta at m i s s l e i d y Rodriguez, and yeah, that's pretty much where I'm most active. I don't have Twitter. I barely use my TikTok. So hit me up on on Insta if you want to chat and see what I'm working on. Hey, thank you again, babe. It's been a pleasure getting to know you. Um, I, I was Martyr. I see Tepper. And this was Wicked Out. Happy June, baggage. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>Tepper, you can follow me on Instagram at C-T-E-P-P-E-R and read my book, The State of Drag, where I interviewed 175 drag queens from around the world. All proceeds go to charity on Amazon.com. Ooh, I love that. You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at DragTheMartyr. And if you have any thoughts, comments, dick pics, send them to DragTheMartyr at gmail.com. Listen, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts. Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Pandora. And catch up with past episodes on work.com. That's W-E-R-R-R-K.com. Artwork for Wigging Out was provided by Glitter Baby Online. That's Glitter Baby Online. Thank you.